Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, uh, everybody? This is AJ uh, coming at you on my phone. Uh, this is not uh, recorded professionally because it's summertime, baby. I'm recording this in that strange break between Christmas and New Year's when no one knows what's going on, to give you the exciting news that uh, you're about to listen to a Patreon sample pack uh, instead of a real episode this week. Hi, flatmate. Just recording unprofessionally. Um, so this is something we do every year about this time just to give ourselves a break. Though i got to tell you what, it's a bloody hassle to, to make it and put it up anyway. But uh, yeah, so the following little clips that you're going to hear from our podcast are from our Patreon show. We have two Patreon shows. One is called Film Franchise Follow-Ups, where we uh, follow up a film franchise we've previously covered. And the other is called Generic Movie Underscore Podcast. It's called something approximately like that. Uh, and usually we release a FFFU and a GMP in one of these sample packs. But just to do something a bit different, I thought this week we would offer you guys two separate GMPs in one sample pack and then the next episode we'll do two separate FFFUs just to be like maybe people aren't getting enough of a variety of G GMPs uh, to be honest I did it by accident and realized while I was recording this that I downloaded two GMPs so that's what we're doing so the first one we're going to listen to is going to be our uh, podcast on the Lizzie McGuire movie, and that'll be quickly followed by our podcast on uh, Not Another Teen Movie. The, the, we're doing two movie movies, movies with movies in the title. So uh, check them out, and uh, I'll come back at the end with a little outro. Welcome along, everybody, to Generic Movie Podcast on the Cold Popship Patreon. This is, of course, our Patreon show for our $10 tier patrons, where you guys suggest and vote on a single sequel-less movie for us to discuss. And that's what's happening today with myself, AJ, and my friend, Richard. Hello, Richard. Mm-hmm. Are you mad at me? Yep. Okay. Well, let's talk about that after the record, because now we're <laughs> I going... thought it might make for some fun content. I was going to make up a reason I was mad at you, mm. um, because I'm not. But uh, I thought I I was yes anding you when you asked if I was angry. I was just feeling very insecure and in asking if you were. I thought you were serious. I was right. going to cut all this out <laughs> in the edit, but now I guess I'll leave it in because now, now it is just a fun. We have made it into good content. <laughs> um, so this month on Generic Movie Podcast, you guys suggested and voted for uh, the Lizzie McGuire movie, a 2003 teen comedy film directed by Jim Fall. Uh, it was, of course, the ostensibly the series final to Lizzie McGuire, mm. the TV show. Even um, though it actually uh, came out quite a wee while before the end of the series. Really? It's set after the series, I believe. But So the movie came out in uh, May 2nd, 2003, and the series finished on February 14th, 2004. So it's sort of like how the SpongeBob movie. Hmm. Was it supposed to be set after yeah. the? <laughs> there was five episodes left when the ah, movie came okay. out, but for some reason the the final episode came out like four months after the one before it. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, here we are though. Here we are talking about the Lizzie McGuire um, 
the Lizzie McGuire movie. What is your should we, should we talk about what it's about, or do you, should we discuss our relationship with Ms. McGuire? What's the best way to go Mizzy, about this? Missy McGuire. Missy Missy McGuire. Um. Uh. I I I what I've probably seen every episode of the TV series. Oh wow. Um. I I watched it quite a lot growing up. Mm. Um. I enjoyed it, and um. I've seen the movie. The the movie before mm-hmm. um yeah uh i i like it i mm, like Liz okay. McGuire. i um i was also a similar thing um i really enjoyed the tv show when i was maybe what 10 or 11 uh but could not tell anyone my god mm. no one's no one at school's finding out that aj watches lizzie mcguire the girls show um and i always really liked her little brother who is related to him um and i've also seen this movie i remember we got it out on dvd when it came out and again it was like mum dad i need you to get out this movie for movie night but, but say it's for Mitty. yeah we, we <laughs> test my sister we cannot tell anyone that i'm watching this um and when when disney plus first turned up mm. on our doorstep i feel like um lizzie mcguire was one of the first things i properly revisited Right. you know i didn't watch a lot of it Did which it maybe up? speaks yeah <laughs> that's the question i think it doesn't it's it so so this movie the movie the movie lizzie mcguire movie has 40 percent on ron tomatoes and i just saw that then mm. and i was like that's Criminal. stupid that's stupid because who's reviewing this movie like this is a very this is this is one of those movies with a very specific target demographic and it's like i'm really uninterested in critic reviews who are outside of that target demographic Mm. yeah tell me your gender again (laughs) oh that's right you're a boy lizzie mcguire movies for girls only what's this is this a lizzie mcguire quote or is this a no it's a tiktok sound ah Ah, uh, okay. I've not seen that TikTok sound. That's funny because I've I've referenced it to you more than once, mm. and you heart reacted both times. I just thought you'd been original and funny. No, I was being derivative and funny. Mm. So, this movie um, is about uh, Lizzie uh, goes on a class trip. The, the The momentous occasion of ending junior high happens. Something mm. that needs to be marked with a goddamn trip to italy (laughs) it's such what an extreme thing to do for the end of i'll say it the worst school (laughs) for like elementary slash primary yeah momentous end of high school of course secondary school or intermediate as we call it or junior high um you don't need to celebrate that with anything Mm. i don't think i think that's a pretty not a lot like it's all before and after that that matters you know Mm. um but i guess those are the consumers of the lizzie mcguire tv show Uh, and so they go to italy and what happens in italy richard uh she runs into ballo who's an italian pop star who's Mm. one part of a a duo um ballo and isabella Mm. and um isabella is the spit and image of lizzie mcguire she's also played by hillary duff now i need people to know that you did not fumble over your words there you are just you just refuse to move with what that phrase has become and very defiantly always say spit and image instead well that's of the expression and i did image. also stumble over my words <laughs> so jokes on you i did fuck up <laughs> <laughs> um but it is spit and image um spit mm sounds like image looks like um not yeah i i i've i've know i've told this on the podcast before i know you have and i'm gonna do it again but i um (laughs) i'm gonna do it again (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i had a you know you know the the um you know like the kind of people that will like sing quietly to themselves but be like (sighs) and like and and you know they want people to be like wow, you're actually a really good singer. And they can be like, oh, I wasn't even trying. Mm. Whenever she would say like that phrase, and she would do it quite a lot, she would say like the splitting image, like splitting image. And it's like, she's waiting for someone to be like, isn't it spitting? And she'd be like, no, actually. And it's like, you're also wrong, (laughs) but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of having this discussion with you. Who was doing this? Sorry. 
Oh, girl, I, I know. Yeah, okay. I'm just but looking she, yeah, at, and she would also do the singing thing. I'm just looking at the other directorial debut, uh, the other di- directorial efforts of Jim Fall, and right after the Lizzie McGuire, well, three years after the Lizzie McGuire movie, his next, his next um, project was so notorious. For what? What was it notorious for? Um, for being loosely based off the life of actress Tori Spelling. Oh uh, yeah, that'll do it. Anyway, Ooh, um, okay. okay. So yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, uh, with so Paolo um, hatches a plan to he tells Lizzie that she's got um, like Isabella has screwed him over and she always lip syncs and it's one of these classic like manipulating her into a situation where it's like can you pretend to be Isabella and we have to sing at this performance but you can just lip sync and then uh, meanwhile like on this class trip Gordo Lizzie's uh, best friend uh who's you know you're the gold standard for best friend that they obviously should be with Mm. um like he's straight up is he's the best one god i related to gordo growing up god (laughs) god i related to gordo (laughs) and then so he's covering for the class um for her absence in the class um but then it's revealed near the end that paolo was actually just using uh hillary and lizzie the reason you said hillary there is because hillary duff is the sillier name lizzie mcguire should be the name of the actress the character's name should be hillary duff i disagree (laughs) but that um essentially it's that paolo's the the fraud he lip syncs he can't sing and he wants to you know knowing that lizzie's uncomfortable with it he can humiliate her make himself look good but then the real isabella comes in and um together with the two hillary duffs and gordo they hatch a plan to expose paolo and Mm. then hillary uh lizzie mcguire presumably ends up being like an international pop sensation for like a, a a little five seconds of fame um, mm. because she performs the uh, Hey Now, Hey Now, This Is What Dreams Are Made Of yeah. um, song, which you probably know from this movie. The enduring legacy of this movie. Mm. Isn't it interesting, though, that the villain, Paolo, his plan hatches on... I really liked this idea and concept that it, that it hinges on uh, Lizzie McGuire not being a good singer, yeah. and after they they you know top him, topple him off his his platform, uh, Isabella's then like now turn her microphone up yeah. <laughs> because she can sing. We've not been pr- so so really <laughs> the situation here is she, Lizzie McGuire could sing mm. at any point, <laughs> and and uh, and there was never any danger. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, fun fact as well is that. Um, Isabella's singing voice is Haley Duff, so it's not actually the, like they're just singing the same. It's slightly different, which is quite mm. cool. It is cool, and um, uh, they then perform a choreographed uh, dance routine to the song, which we are led to believe is improvised. <laughs> on um, and yeah, I thought um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought I thought all the stuff. I thought it's interesting to see a a Disney Channel uh endeavor that feels like it has the same plot as hannah montana like it's mm. very like this must be where they got the idea for hannah <laughs> yeah yeah like it's so similar um to the point where it's like is there is, is someone out there created a fan theory that hannah montana is a recast renamed lizzie mcguire yeah right? well because there was um this was encroaching on the end of the podcast but there was a sequel talked about at one point. Oh. Um, which actually nothing came of it due to creative differences between Hilary Duff and Disney. Um, who Hilary Duff who was 16 at the time. Mm. And yeah, it would be interesting to see like what would have happened. But of course, the other big um, thing which I want to talk about is that we were supposed to get our Lizzie McGuire revival series. Um, and yeah, it didn't end up happening. They shot two episodes of it and then... The showrunner quit, and then eventually the show was completely cancelled, uh, allegedly because um, of creative differences with D- Disney, which are were allegedly the show was too adult and involved sex and potentially cheating as a plotline. But hearing that it involved cheating, you know, I'd heard that it was like that Lizzie cheated on her boyfriend, and then you know, like a wild with uh, Reese Witherspoon kind of situation where it's like you have this character who has lived. 20 years off screen from us 
Um, and then she loses everything by her own, you know, her own hand. And she's forced to go back to her hometown, moving with her parents and rebuild her life. And you're like, you're like, I'm fascinated by that as an idea. And I'm, I'm genuinely like, I haven't watched many of the Disney plus revivals they've been doing, but like the 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 loss of the Lizzie McGuire reboot is actually like a devastating blow. I reckon. <laughs> like I'm actually so upset we're not going to see that. Mm, I understand that. It did look exciting, and um, the, I feel like the iCarly reboot is doing what the Lizzie McGuire reboot mm. was supposed to do. Have you seen any clips from that? No, I've never watched iCarly. So, but well, the clips I've seen from it are like there's a scene where um, Carly and Freddie are on the verge of having a threesome with someone right so it, it's like the the show is sexual and adult because the characters are sexual and adult um which wasn't the case when the show was in its prime uh which is is pretty interesting um so i agree that 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 would have been an exciting place to take lizzie Jesus, they actually say the word threesome yeah <laughs> what the hell what the fuck is this? This is filthy. <laughs> this is disgusting. Oh, Nickelodeon, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's insane. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't want the Lizzie McGuire reboot anymore. No, no like, well, okay. <laughs> like to be fair, I don't know if this is out of character for um iCarly because I've never seen the show. Well, it was a kid's show and they didn't talk about it. I don't know, AJ, I haven't seen it, okay? <laughs> Uh yeah no like like the Elizabeth White like I love the idea like have you seen the movie Young Adult with Charlize Theron? I've not seen it, but what I like like do Young Adult but with Lizzie McGuire as Charlize Theron and um Gordo as Patton Oswalt's character like right. this they you know were friends in high school and now their lives are going completely different although I'm not sure Patton Oswalt was they actually friends in high school but they went to the same high school and that like this coming back and being like damn like you're actually the only person that's ever cared about me like mm. oh god it could have been such a beautiful series that the is, that is a beautiful head. idea it is 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 the dna of lizzie mcguire as a character suited for something like that though like what what is lizzie mcguire about what does she stand for <laughs> <laughs> is the show about anything more than just a preteen girl because well, the, the thing is that like lizzie mcguire is its hook is there's an animated version of her right sure and yeah th- 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 that's kind of what i was uh, thinking watching the film was that like this is a bananas finale <laughs> that like like she's not she doesn't have dreams of being a superstar or anything like that it's just someone had the idea for hannah montana but miley cyrus wasn't old enough yet so they were mm. like well let's do it with lizzie mcguire and the, yeah the stakes are all over the place it's, it's this whole weird thing and then I was trying to think of like, well, okay, you take away this, what actually is the premise of Lizzie McGuire? And it is just that she's a, it's a trio of friends, but she has this little animated um, version of herself that says what she's thinking. You Jiminy know? Cricket. Like, yeah, it's, it's like she's what she wishes she could say yeah, a yeah. lot of it. Because a lot of the times like, she gets asked a question and, and little Lizzie is like, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. And then mm. cut to real Lizzie and she's like, no. I actually thought there 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 was some um almost uh, pseudo sexual imagery with the animated Lizzie in this movie. There's one part where she first meets Where Bar- Gordo tries to have a threesome with Lizzie and animated <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> Where she first meets Paolo and the the like little animated cutaway they do is the cartoon Lizzie like riding on a fountain of love hearts and she's sitting on it and it almost looks like she's like blasting love hearts up her butt and and the way it looked vaguely like like kinky i guess um and i i wonder if that would be a way to 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 think of the lizzie mcguire reboot there there would be like this this x-ratedness to the cartoon version of it yeah what what you do in the first episode of the of the reboot is the cartoon version isn't in it at all until right at the end when her life's fallen apart she's gone home Legit. She, i was actually she thinking go, this last she, night she goes into yeah. her bedroom and she's looking around and she opens like a closet and the cartoon version of her is in there it's <laughs> just blasting hearts up her ass <laughs> <laughs> and she's like holy shit and she's terrified because this cartoon version's real like um i mean uh, you know uh it's kind of tying into um a recent podcast we did but i actually thought legit it should be like the season two opener of house of cards that like 
um because house of cards you know has the whole thing of frank talking directly to the camera as we see every christmas Mm. but the (laughs) um the season two opener um is like quite a dark episode it kills off one of the main characters from season one and um throughout the entire episode frank doesn't speak to the camera but you kind of don't notice it's missing until right at the end he's looking himself looking himself in the mirror and then his eyes just dart to the camera and he's like perhaps you thought i'd forgotten about you or maybe you just wish that i had and you're like and it's like fucking great it's such a like good moment and that's what lizzie mcguire needs and that's like that's legit what lizzie mcguire should have done is that like (laughs) you forget that oh she used to have this little animated version and then she shows Mm. up right at the end Mm. um yeah nice voice by kevin spacey (laughs) he needs a gig man he needs a gig the this movie um i think i i enjoyed it and i think it is it is a kids movie and so there are plenty of i don't know if plot holes is the right term but plot contrivances where it's like yeah buttholes it's full of plenty of buttholes now a lot of plot contrivances where it's where things like um the fact that she just knows this clearly choreographed dance and stuff like that that's like kids this is a this is a little girl's power fantasy this movie is a little girl's power fantasy so we don't need to be completely realistic with what you you know the the how everything works out but one thing i didn't like about this movie is that um it feels like they they they're desperate to include um the the ensemble cast from the tv show it is interesting that you make a tv show series final and and the way you do is you take one character from the ensemble and put them in another country and then you're like well how do we bring the other characters back into it now one of which is her dad played by robert carradine who we have uh spoken in depth before Mm. about on um the revenge of the nerds episode um but uh the the way that the family gets involved in the plot of the movie is jake thomas or matt her her little brother who's looking really forward to cracking up (laughs) um he he discovers the whole lizzie isabella um you know crossover thing happening and he decides he needs to go to italy to like get revenge on her it's very strange and the way he does it is he tells his parents that he misses his sister and then they fly to italy and i thought that was very stupid i didn't think that was very realistic richard yeah okay <laughs> i will not have you sit here and slander uh you yeah, know it's the cinematic um, mastery that is yeah the lizzie mcguire movie yeah uh yeah it, it is a real weird um plot thing but also you mentioned um the main cast of the the plot of the show but it um uh yeah like uh miranda is absent throughout the whole movie as well mm-hmm. and th- that actress like quit the show was really like like chewed up by hollywood after this as well it's pretty really? sad Damn. um so david gordo gordon david yeah. zephyr adam, gordo gordon. Ad- adam lamberg mm. um, so which is funny to- because because i remember when adam lambert was on um uh american idol and i would mm. google him every every week to see the new songs he did because i followed american idol quite heavily at that time oh um, and every time i typed in adam lambert it would say do you mean adam lamberg mm. and it's no, so funny now to, no to, longer to be that the, the, <laughs> there was a time when it was like uh surely you mean gordo from lizzie <laughs> mcguire not the lead singer of queen mm. Um, I think uh, Gordo, and especially in this movie, uh, was very influential for soft boys like myself mm. uh, who weak. were gro- weak. growing up. Yeah, weak. You're, you're weak. <laughs> um, because like, there's that, the, the things I remember about this movie is the scene where they're like on the plane to Italy and she Lizzie's like fallen asleep on his shoulder and how he like sacrifices his own integrity for her and um, they kiss at the end. And like, Oh my god! I wanted to be this for someone. There was no one in my life who who could have fulfilled the Lizzie McGuire role for me, but I wanted to be this like young romantic best friend with a girl, and then even though we're best friends, we you know discover there's something more there, and mm. like I put my I put my life on the line for her, and I it's it's unrealistic, Richard. It's an unrealistic beauty standard for emotional men. And yeah. boys. And I blame this movie. <sighs> mm. Yeah. 
Uh, also in the cast, we have uh, one Alex Borstein as Mrs. Ungermeyer. Mm. Uh, Peter! Their, their teacher and chaperone. Uh, and yeah, it was, of course, the voice of Lois from, Lois. from uh, Family Guy. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> oh, Peter. Um, and that's fun. Um, and that's something that we both noticed, and that's fun. Another thing I noticed in this movie <laughs> is the, uh, the the somewhat infamous meme that is the pizza delivery soundtrack from the Spider-Man 2 for PS2 uh, mm. game plays in the background of the of the scene at the end where they're after all the madness has gone mm, they down. just googled italian music <laughs> yeah da, 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 da. um and i thought that was pretty funny and i told you it and you said to me i don't know what you're talking about i haven't finished the movie yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh what could you used to me said the pizza song from spider-man 2 and i was like well, I thought you just like it popped into your mind and it was mm. one of these like insane out of the blue things you you say to me like last night when you said, are you are you asleep at 11.30 p.m.? And I said, yes. It's, that's, so, that's not that out of the blue. Uh, I, like it's not out of the blue to get a message from you at 11.30 for that message to be, are you asleep? That's well, I didn't know what weird. your work schedule was like. I wanted to record this podcast that we're doing. Right uh, yeah, well, even still, like 11.30 is pretty late. Not for me, baby. That's midday. To for record me. a podcaster, that's that's absolutely insane. Can we talk about the song "What Dreams Are Made Of"? Because I fucking love it. I know you're a big fan of "Beat of My Heart," um, but oh, different playing different games. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Hilary Duff's best song is "Wake Up" by a fucking country mile. Um, I but, looked up what dreams are made of, but it said "What Dreams May Come," and now I've got the lyrics for that. Um. Do you know what my like enduring memory of um, what dreams are made of is? Is um, it the part where it goes, oh, oh, oh? No, the so there like. was, um, you know, like when you're in high school and you just have like a bunch of um, friends of friends that are in shitty bands that end up doing like kind of well sometimes. Um, one uh, of these bands yeah. <laughs> did a cover of what dreams are made of. Um, and then members of that band went on to... Uh, formed this other band that they got like they uploaded this like shitty One Direction cover and like Ryan Seacrest saw it and they got flown to America and made an EP and they were going to be the next big thing. Right, people you know did this. Yeah, handed a a career on a silver platter and nothing really ever came of it as far as I'm aware. I did just look them up and they uploaded a video a month ago. But like going on the page, they've released like one single um, and the comments are like, damn the make-believe was my favorite band when i was 12 and i still enjoy them they had one song like grow up what are you talking about richard have you ever seen such a beautiful night? i love it this actually, song so much it actually man. is quite a beautiful night here in christchurch like and it's annoying as well because like i i love this song and i love like a pop punk version of it mm. but not like this not like this does it go have you ever seen such a beautiful night no yeah like legit he it's like one of these things where it's like yeah they they I, it was ryan they ended up being on ryan secret's show in the states and they recorded like 15 songs they released an ep but i don't know if it's available anywhere but um they got picked up for this one direction cover they did of what makes ah. you beautiful and it's like literally just that you're insecure don't know it for and it's like the most generic pop punk voice and it's like how can anyone see this and be like this is the hot new sound we're looking for because it's just how everyone sounded. Um, so legit, it sounded 100% like what you described. I could almost kiss the stars for shining so bright. Yeah. Then I see you smiling. As- <laughs> I don't know how they bug. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> The this these in these reviews for this movie, this is this is what I'm talking about, where it's like these these are not your demographics. Mm, this is um well like what uh, Brie Larson said, uh, I don't need a white man to tell me what didn't work for him about a wrinkle in time. Because <laughs> Scott Brown for Entertainment Weekly gave the film a, a B plus and said, let's face it, Lizzie McGuire is just too darn polished to be a junior high underdog, even by the standards of her luxe suburban environs. But she hasn't tarnished her comeback kid cred among the six and ups who faithfully follow her Disney Channel show. And it doesn't make the Lizzie McGuire movie a clever, agreeable, weightless theatrical outing any less enjoyable it's like shut up what are you talking about i could i could tell you hadn't read that before 
you started saying it. <laughs> let's no, Richard. Let's not make fun of me. Let's make fun of Scott Brown for using the term "lux suburban environs" when talking about the Lizzie McGuire. Movie. Yeah, it's such a like, it's such a pretentious <laughs> thing. Yeah, you're right. But it's so funny that it's like you can't tell what Tony's going for, and so the end, and it doesn't make this a, yeah. a, a clever <laughs> blah 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 any more any less enjoyable. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> I guess it was a nice thing. Yeah. The end. I guess that's a, that's a B plus for you, baby. Yeah. Um. So where's my sequel, bro? We have talked already a bit about the sequel, and I guess we've already pitched our own. Mm. Do, yeah. Do well, we like, because you want to smack a smack a re- retroactive label on that and say that. Counts? Well, because you know everyone's like Lizzie's, um, Hillary's doing How I Meet Your Father now, mm. um, which I could not be less excited for. Um, and now everyone's like, this will be the Lizzie McGuire. You know, they hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wouldn't let Lizzie fuck, and now she's gonna fuck in this series. And like, my god, I like a spin-off to How Me Your Father to How Me Mother, like, oh my god, what's next? A spin-off to Game of Thrones? You want shows that ended badly and give you more? Get fucked. Get fucked. Oh, I can't wait for jo- for the fucking Josh Radner to show up in the second to last episode of the first season which is also the second to last episode of the entire series because it's going to get cancelled <laughs> there's no way that show lasts more than two seasons guaranteed okay. mark my words mark my fucking words well it would be it would be doing just as good as Lizzie McGuire which only went for two seasons yeah but like <laughs> 30 40 episode seasons oh really yeah. and also AJ the legacy <laughs> an amazing legacy yeah, there is um, 60, 65 episodes. 31 and 34. Do you remember any 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 favourite Lizzie McGuire moments from the series? Mm, nah. I mean, Neither. she was just Let's like, move on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and that's where I think we'll end <laughs> the episode. Um, I yeah. hope everybody enjoyed it. Oh, I do remember there's an episode where Lizzie and Matt switch bodies. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't. That's too silly. Yeah. <laughs> But then it's, it might be a dream. It might be a dream. That's the thing. It's, it always It's called is. Those Freaky Maguires. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Yeah, that's legit what the episode's called. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we, we have fun here over at Generic Movie yeah, Podcast. Yeah, uh, those, those freaky podcasters. Welcome to Generic Movie Podcast on the Cult Popshire Patreon. This is, of course, for all you $10 patrons. You, What's the Hamilton line? Something founding, found, $5, uh, $10 founding um, patrons. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, our Alexander Hamiltons. Um, this, is, this is a podcast exclusive for you, the 20-odd people who have access to it. Um, and where uh, we you vote on a movie for us to watch, mm. and we watch that movie, and then talk about that movie. And Richard, here we are. It's twenty twenty one, and twenty years later, after this movie, wait, twenty years earlier, <laughs> came out the movie. <laughs> Not another teen movie is what we're watching today. Oh yeah. Well, we've already watched it. Um, oh, so you've this, already watched it. I already watched it. What oh, can I say? What a I'm, I'm stitch a, up. What a Lilo and stitch I'm up. I'm just ahead of the curb. This is a a spoof movie. Uh a 2001 directed by by Joel Galen. Uh and it is essentially what scary movie was to scary movies. This is to teen movies. A genre which is already a comedy. Uh, which is always a, a um a rocky foundation for a for a parody, I think. Uh, but 
the, I'm on the Wikipedia page for not another teen movie, and it is strangely extensive <laughs> for, uh-huh. for what I think would be a movie mostly forgotten to the sands of time. There's a whole bunch of shit on here that I'd like to discuss. No, I think um, that this movie, um, certainly within our generation, I think stands the test of time in terms of um, people remembering people it. remembering it yeah <laughs> and in not really a lot of other ways does it stand the test of time though not as bad as you may think yeah. but also in other ways extremely bad so what is do you did what's what is it what's uh, it's, do we it's the she's all that kind of um uh jake weiler played by chris evans in his film debut um oh is the the popular guy and he is tasked with taking the most horrific disgusting uh woman on campus um and turning her into a prom queen uh he is stuck with um janie who um has paint on her overalls um and mm, glasses and a ponytail yeah and um yeah it's 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 the that that's same as how um scary movie is essentially scream or meets i know what you did last summer mm. this is kind of like it's just she's all there is the main yeah driving plot of the film yeah the wikipedia page lists she's all that varsity blues 10 things i hate about you can't hardly wait pretty in pink bring it on american pie both films we've watched for the podcast yeah. well, uh, so up, up to pretty in pink it's like those ones actually inform the plot right. the rest are just yeah. mostly throwaway jokes yeah yeah american beauty never been kissed ferris bueller's day off can't buy me love jawbreaker 16 candles dazed and confused lucas rudy the breakfast club grease and road trip lucas and rudy are two separate films okay in case <laughs> you also hadn't heard of those it's <laughs> like is the film called lucas rudy uh so this is is this in any way related to scary movie and date movie and all nah. that sort of thing no it does have a c also on the wikipedia page uh which has all of those movies uh, yeah i think it's just because it's like movie. oh you're looking at pages for spoof movies here's some other ones that mm. came out around the same time so- so it's not a Friedberg and Seltzer no, connected no. thing or anything, because it is it is like it's called something movie, you know, which is what the the telltale sign was. Well, it's called not for, another for something movie. I know exactly. It's it's in a grey area. Um, I don't know, like so, if, you, if you're trying to make it out like this is part of the franchise of date movie, epic movie. Um, you, I'm not. You're not. I'm just asking. Yeah. I was. I had no ulterior motive. I was just trying to clarify. Well, it, it sounded like you had. I, I, from the from podcasting with you for five years, the, the what you felt like you were leading to was you had this like um, this whole massive paragraph already written about how it fits into that franchise, making this blah blah blah, and also if you count this, then you also because of this connection um so i just wanted to nip that right in the bud i can't believe you think i would write something down for a patreon episode yeah which is why i was confused because it was like you were using that that language <laughs> yeah and those inflections this has uh 29 on rotten tomatoes um what did you think of it um i like i saw you gave this like two and a half stars on letterboxd i gave it three um i nearly gave it three well like this, this is a film that, that like this feels like a like you know like a problematic fave you know like ov- obviously like a spoof movie from 20 years ago is gonna have some dated stuff on it and especially mm. when it's parodying like even even the problematic stuff in it you could say it's like well they're parodying problematic yeah. stuff you know um so, yeah but it's like um but i I do still love what kind of love this movie that it's like there's so there's so many jokes in it that are like so close to my heart because i Mm. saw them at like such a um formative age i will say that every time i watch this movie though um it like it's 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 a it's a tight hour and 29 minutes long but i do think it overstays its welcome i like every time i watch this movie about an hour into it i realize like oh man i'm kind of getting over this like i don't like yeah it loses me around the hour mark and then mm. they get to prom and i'm like oh fuck yeah that's right we've still got this whole bit 
Yeah, I'd, I'd only ever seen this once, and I was very young. I remember it was on TV. It would have been maybe 2004, 2005. Yeah. I remember it was on TV, and me, me and my brother were like, oh, shit, we're going to watch Not Another Teen Movie. Like, it, it probably was probably later than 2000. I want to say maybe like 2007. And uh, we watched it, and then midway through, Mum and Dad came home and sat there and watched it with us. And I all the, my only memory was Dad going, this movie's quite rude, isn't it? <laughs> because like, because like all the all the real filthy stuff is like in the first front loaded, yeah, th- third of the movie. And so by the time my parents came home, it was probably past the halfway mark. And all they've got is like the occasional shot of of Areola, the nude mm. foreign exchange student, um, and a couple of of off color jokes. But I remember it being surprisingly palatable to watch with my father in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think I think why this this is a a interesting film for us to watch is that uh, it is part of a now pretty much extinct genre, a, a genre that certainly went uh, that that went belly up as it died. Like you know, by the end of this golden age of spoof movies, yeah, they they were like awful, right? Uh, but I think people remember it because it does have some really like good stuff in it, uh, stuff that feels smarter than anything that's in anything after scary movie 2 for, for, for sure no well i would just what say would that say? like the 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 best one of the best spoof movies is walk hard and that came out after i'm not including i'm including the the you, you're talking about the, Fred the ones, yeah the ones that descended into a certain the, 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 this style. definitely yeah it feels like um yeah it's the the closest to it's it's someone trying to do for scary movie and this was before date movie and so when when the said the part of the team behind scary movie tried to do you know rom-coms themselves um but yeah it, feel, it feels like because if you look at the, the the like filmography of the director like i've never seen a wikipedia page like it it's 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 written completely differently um it's like all, all his um all his credits are like executive producer or executive producer slash director for like 25th anniversary concert for the rock and roll hall of fame. Um, no, and it's, it's like kind of director. Yeah. The kind of director that winds up as a tutor at broadcasting school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> hey, um, but it, like, from what I can tell, um, this is his sole film he directed. Yeah. It looks like it. Interesting. Um, my my point being is that there is some parody and some astute satire in this that would not be out of place if you were making fun of this kind of movie today. And, Give us an I example, think, AJ. I think that's really interesting. Well, so I think one of the funniest things this movie has is the idea that um, of Janie as a character being like, ugly oh my god but she's got a ponytail and glasses yeah. and like that's a joke that you people see repeated still a lot and people it's like still make yeah it was, it was this this trope was lambasted 20 years ago <laughs> and it's interesting that they would lambast it in the center of the genre it was like like teen movies like this would have come out what before american pie 2 like this is still in the thick of though the kind Into of the movies it's of it? parodying into the thick of it in the thick of it and i think that's really interesting that it, that it has has that it's a it's it's i always you always kind of think these things are easier to see in retrospect 20 years later like now i feel like i could quite confidently make like a parody of an american pie style film it's interesting that people were able to do that at the time because those tropes were so uh ingrained mm. and I think I think there there as you said before there are some jokes in this where it's like this is offensive but it also it might more so be playing with it's it's more like it's making fun of the the original offensive thing in movies and I think the the best example of that is one of the characters is the token black guy mm. and at the start of the movie he says I'm the token black guy I'm only here to say things like damn shit and that's whack and then a moment later something happens which causes him to say damn shit and that's whack and in succession it's a very funny well, joke and, and the other the other <laughs> and, great joke following on from that is um at the big party at Preston's party that there's another black guy there and he's like and, and you know they're, they're yeah. the two most like cordial people in the movie just like yeah. hey man so, i'm sorry i was 
supposed to be the only black guy at this party. And he's like, oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so an- another joke I-, I really like is the parody of American Beauty that they've got the Wes Bentley parody and he's got a plastic bag following him around. Again, that feels like, wow, so even in 2001, people were like, American Beauty is pretty pretentious, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like it-, it kind of feels like something that ages poorly, but it's interesting to see that even in 2001, two years after the film, they were still like, this is something that's very ripe for parody. <laughs> yeah. I think that though that this this kind of does the thing, um, like, and I think well, like Walk Hard kind of does it as well. Um, but where it's like it's it's even though it's it's being quite vicious, it's actually kind of coming from a place of love. Like th- this is clearly people who grew up on the films of the eighties. You're Pretty in Pink, um, mm. you know, Sixteen Candles, those kind of things, and they were able to get Molly Ringwald in the film. They were able to get. Um, uh the the guy to play vernon who plays him in the breakfast club but the um yeah like like it is it's it's a group of people who are like man we loved those films growing up but have you ever noticed this and this and this how they all have that and so i think it's like that whereas a lot of the um the later friedberg and seltzer movies come from a place of like i've watched this movie but it sounds dumb yeah no i totally agree um and there's there's great things and like this the high school's called uh john hughes high mm. the stadium's called henry dean stadium <laughs> <laughs> which is like real funny shit like then there's there's michael oh what's the guy from the breakfast club michael hall or something oh, um and yeah anthony name. michael hall anthony the anthony michael hall where you yeah. go for assembly um and so i think that's a really good beyond uh just flagrant kind of male gaze exploitation of naked woman that is a lot like that is hot i think i think it's it's worst joke and the one that made this very difficult for me to be like you know it's actually not too bad was um sam levin's character who is a wannabe asian and it's just like oh jesus christ you've it's already kind of dated then you throw that character in and it's just like you cannot watch this around <laughs> some people i think now it is such a poor taste joke and it's weird that it's in this movie where they get a black guy to play a token black guy in a way that is arguably satirizing like racial pra- racist practices in other teen movies to then have like this horrifically offensive stereotypes not even it's a, it's a white dude pretending to be an asian dude so it's not even like it's an asian dude they got to play up stereotypes he says like the asian slur in this movie at one point like it is like oh god it's so hard to to watch in some in some spots and i i wish that wasn't in this because i think I think I would have an easier time hyping it up and making myself like it more than I do if if it didn't have that joke. And he's like, all, every line he says, he's putting on an accent. And it's he's like, oh, like it makes the, my skin crawl. Yeah, broken English. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, awful. <laughs> I thought that was just so bad. I think that's the funniest joke in the film. <laughs> no, you do not. Um, yeah, it, it's this kind of thing that it's like they should have done it with a throwaway character then rather than the main one because mm. it's it's like because it, it, the the poster for the film like points at what every character's stereotype is and it's on the Wikipedia mm. page. Ah, oh, okay, that makes more sense. I was gonna say that when I said that the Wikipedia page is extensive, they've got the list of characters and their associated stereotypes, and for a lot of these, I was like. Who? Where is this written? In it's like, like it just seemed ra- like someone really liked the movie and was like, and they all represent a specific stereotype. And some of them are like, the the wannabe or the perfect girl. It's like they're not necessarily obvious stereotypes, I guess. But anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah. So the poster of the film is like the main, the entire main cast, and it points to each of them and tells you um what part, what part they are. But yeah, like like Sam Levine's character, the the wannabe, should have been a throwaway joke because the the joke of having like because um he he comes in and he's and he's um pretending to be Asian essentially, and then these two white guys walk past and like and they're like damn that guy wants to be that like that cracker thinks he's thinks he tries just trying to be a different race kind of thing and that's clearly mm. the joke is that you see kids in every high the white kids in every high school pretending to be black and then it's like imagine if one was pretending to be asian and it's like 
as a throwaway joke, I get what you're trying to do, but it's like, it's so, it's this like lead balloon tied to one of your main characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, or, or you make that character constantly switch the, what he wants to be in every mm. scene. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he want he's a wannabe Asian in the first scene you see him. And I'm still not saying that's okay, but it would have been a lot harder, easier to swallow. If like in the next scene, he's a wannabe musician, you know, <laughs> just, well, you, you, you would escalate like, to Asian. That, that, well, yeah. Yeah, so you yeah. see him and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm because like to try and impress girls, he keeps on pretending to be things he's not. And then yeah. you have, you know, he comes in and, and like in yellow face mm. and they're like, maybe don't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think there yeah. is a way to make that joke work in 2001. Yes. <laughs> but yes, it's you're right. but it shouldn't be a, a main character kind of thing because he's it's, he's I one mean, of the main kind of trio of, of guys because yeah. in addition to the main she's all that plot, Janie's younger brother um has two friends and they're kind of going through their American pie plot of we're gonna lose our virginities before the end of the year. My favorite line in this movie was like something about how they've been trying to do this ever since they hit puberty and one of them's like that was two and a half weeks ago <laughs> which was a great line uh i think yeah i think that that there's th- this is maybe one of those cases where a, a lot of the jokes are like i can see what you're going for but it's probably not still okay <laughs> it's, yeah. it's that thing we've learned over the last couple years about like even when you are making fun of the thing if you're still displaying the thing that's maybe not okay you know yeah uh so what what are some of your favorite do you have any favorite jokes in this um well i was saying to you that like i messaged you when i was when i started watching it that my favorite jokes in it are kind of the most inconsequential ones like when because Janie's family is poor and that's part of the thing and jake's family is rich that they pull up in this like beat up ute and um when he's the dad's dropping them off at school and she opens the door and the door just falls off the car and it's like that's it, so funny but it's like like uh, that's the kind of thing i love about these movies is you and i kind of always find these to be the funniest jokes is the ones that probably aren't in the script ones that feel like you're on set and you go oh what if the door fell off and like oh what can we name the hall the anthony michael hall um, yeah, they're yeah. like just these, these quick little throwaway gags um, and visual gags, especially. I think uh, what why like elevates the film and, and makes it more than just kind of a list yeah. of tropes. Yeah, no, totally. And I really like it. It reminds me of um, my favorite joke in the entire scary movie franchise is in Scary Movie Three when someone leaves a classroom and these crayons go flying at the door and Gina <laughs> or who is it? What's the character's name? And she's like, who the fuck did that? It's so funny. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a forgotten joke in the, in the series, but it's just, it's just so silly. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. I thought Chris Evans was really good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a strange thing to say about what could perceivably be quite a simple role to play, but I felt like he was better than, the rest of the cast by at least a little bit Mm. um i don't know he just gets it he and and he's 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 making fun of it and in the perfect kind of loving way yeah it it is crazy that he managed to go and have the career he did when this was his first role because it's like (laughs) this is quite a well-known film as well yeah 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 Yeah, uh not only um chris evans but also um i really like that so that you've got the um the obsessed best friend Ricky, who would be a clone of Ryan from um, mm. High School Musical, but came out years beforehand. Um, he's like mm. just dressed the exact same, and the actor looks quite similar. Um, but I love that like he doesn't get the girl <laughs> because yeah. it's just like, no, dude, you're so creepy. Like he he writes poems to her and presents them in in class, yeah. and she's oblivious to the whole thing. It's, yeah, which is a good running gag. But the yeah the the fact that they don't end up together and he ends up get, you know getting the shit beaten out of him. Um, it, it, he's within an inch of his life at the end of the film. It's like yeah, dude, mm. you're obsessed and it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, and I like that. Um. There's a scene when they're both they're both going to try and save the girl, and they both be like, "But I'm the best friend that's been in, in front of her the whole time and been in love with her, and she hasn't noticed me." And he's like, and Chris Evans is like, "Oh, 
but I'm the douchey jock that learned to change and become a better man. And like, it's like they're saying, it's in terms of storytelling tropes, we have both earned. Yeah, yeah. The, the woman. <laughs> like these are, yeah, yeah. These are both these are both characters who win at the end of rom coms, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> or the end of teen movies. Yeah. Um, another great, great gag that I've always loved is um, the 10 Things I Hate About You parody where mm. um, Chris Evans' sister, who wants to fuck him, um, <laughs> says to impress Janie, you've got to, um, you should like make a big public gesture and sing a song with her name in it. And of course he chooses Aerosmith's Janie's Got a Gun. And then everyone's like, oh my God, Janie's got a gun. Yeah. And they're like, give us the gun, Janie. I think, I think it's the cleverest joke in the film. And I think they probably came up with that idea. Yeah, and 100%. Named her, and you would, you would. And named her Janie because of that. And it's a great, yeah, it's a great move. It's really funny. Yeah, if you if you did it, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> they chose that's the name really Janie first. They wrote a scene where she's accused of having a gun, and then they were like, no, "Oh, Aerosmith in that song." No, they go, they go. Yeah, he no, does yeah, yeah. the ten things I hate about you scene. Yeah. What's the funniest What's the song, song yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, I really like that joke. I think that's a really good joke. I also really like um, Jamie Presley. Oh yeah, the the nasty cheerleader. Yeah, according to the poster um yeah she's great yeah she, she's always good fun oh and the fucking such a good joke when janie is at the pool party and she jumps off to show what a like unique spirit she is she jumps off the pool, off the roof into the pool comes out soaking wet and, and then priscilla jamie presley's character pours a bottle of evian on her and is like whoops oh oh i guess that's gonna know that and then someone's like that's gonna stain um and there's, like, there's a bunch of like random background off like off-screen extras that yell lines in this film that are great and then janie runs around the pool crying because she got water on her even though she was already soaking wet after getting out of the pool it's such a that's fantastic yeah it's really good also ted from how many mothers in this movie yeah josh radner yeah, yeah it's real weird <laughs> yeah so i guess what what's your closing statement on not another team oh we should do uh where's my sequel bro as well oh yeah what's your closing statement um <sighs> i don't i like it yeah i think i think with a with a, a retooling maybe that's my where's my sequel is like yet another teen movie rem- remember all those teen movies <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it can just be a little more um uh, tactful in what it's making fun of making it maybe it can make fun of itself mm. there you go there's my there's my where's my sequel bro yeah um molly ringwald's in this film as well which is mm-hmm. um and i found out today molly ringwald's 53 which shocked me she's yeah that's younger than young. i thought um but that yeah. like you know someone someone heard their biggest kind of career in the 80s um which was you know 40 years ago it's crazy to think that they're only 53 now she was 12 when the 80s started and then i hit her hit her stride and 16 candles where she was literally 16 i guess you, that's how they cast back in the day yeah they just cast actual teenagers back in the day which um <laughs> seems novel now so um yeah if you thought um molly Ringwald was hot before pretty in pink that's on you get pal. to jail <laughs> go directly to jail do not pass go do not collect a hundred dollars oh she's in the kissing booth movies as well i didn't know that thank you very much for watching for watching for listening everyone <laughs> uh what are we doing for i keep forgetting what we're doing for film franchise follow-ups uh we were gonna watch uh, monsters inc but it'll be late monsters at work but it'll be late this month because the last one the last episode i think comes out like on the first of first or eighth uh, okay. of september so it'll be a bit of a late. Yeah, I mean, it would work better to do it for next month, but I tr- I argued that point. And AJ I thought said, we agreed on that, and we thought of something else to do for this month. Did we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't do know. You, what do you do? You want to do something else? No. To do Monsters at Work next month. No, I haven't even watched Monsters at Work. Uh, is it good? Ah, uh, it's fine. Have you been watching it? Yeah, I've have you been watching it? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I watched the first episode and I was like. 
guess we'll have to do this with franchise follow-ups, aren't we? <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you later. Wikipedia describes the kissing booth as, <laughs> despite being deemed sexist and objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantastic. All right, welcome to the outro. Still recording on my phone. If you enjoyed these, please consider following us at all the places. You can like us on Instagram and Twitter at Cold Popsha. You can uh, email us, sure, at, at media at gmail.com. Uh, or if you want, you can join the Discord, um, which is there will be a link to in the show notes. And, of course, if you liked these episodes specifically, why not join our Patreon at patreon.com slash coldpopshire where you can get dozens upon dozens, I don't want to say hundreds, but it might be hundreds. It's probably not hundreds, but it's a lot of, I don't know, it might be over a hundred. Yeah, the 24, 24 Patreon episodes a year, we've been having a Patreon for about uh, four years, so that could break a hundred, nearly. Well, let us know anyway. Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll be back Uh, in a couple of weeks with some proper episodes please enjoy your summer break and allow us the grace of enjoying our summer break i just realized it's not going to be even summer for most of our american listeners of the cold dead winter and we're offering you nothing new if you're a patron already if you're not a patron already patreon.com slash cold sign up today